Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Showbound Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Raskin, once again, joined by Ethan Cardwell of the Barry Colts. Cardsy, how's it going, man? Doing good, Rask. Uh, super excited to get back on and uh, publish another episode for the fans. Yeah, so uh, for those of you listening right now on the Spotify, Apple Music version, you can't see this, but if you go to the YouTube, you can check out Cardsy's new backdrop. He's got the jerseys hung up behind him. He's got the podcast mic now, and he actually got chirped on on YouTube comments in the last episode for just having the ugliest wallpaper I've ever seen. Um, can you just explain, Cardsy? Because I was going to say it, but uh, I, I didn't want to be rude or anything, but what the hell's with that wallpaper, dude? Dude, it's my mom's. It's girly. It's dust, I think, too. She, is that your uh, bedroom? It's not my bedroom. It's uh, it's in the office, up in the upstairs office. It's. I told her uh, it's not a good look, but I mean, what what do I know? And I guess, <laughs> but yeah, I get ripped in the comments. So I'm like, well, got to change it up now. And so, <laughs> so we got a couple jerseys. You got the minor midget jersey and the uh, repping the Colts jersey in the back. And yeah, cleaned up my setup. Got a nice new mic. Uh, courtesy my aunt actually so uh thanks to her and uh now we're rolling we're big time yeah you look like a pro so (laughs) you know we have another big episode this week we got ryan suzuki another former first overall pick in the ohl continuing on that trend last week with quinton byfield uh suzuki is also a first round pick of the carolina hurricanes in the nhl he went 28th overall in the 2019 draft most importantly he's nick suzuki's brother so (laughs) (laughs) little dagger yeah uh no but i mean he's uh he's a phenomenal player uh someone i got to know in barry this year and and actually cardsy was in the trade that sent suzuki over to saginaw so you guys never played together but you were in the same trade um you just want to talk about that do you know suzuki at all yeah actually so i met him uh so boots and hearts in 2018 or 2019 whatever going into uh, last season was so met him there and then uh so we we kind of became buddies through a mutual friend in uh Aiden Pruder and Mason Millman and then uh through the, throughout that just uh met him a few times hung out with him during last summer as well um and then yeah so it was kind of weird we we've been texting about the trades and stuff and he texted me goes uh, I'm pretty sure he texted me and said I'm coming to SAG and I'm like yeah well you're coming for me so uh, I'll, I'll see you halfway and then sure enough we ended up seeing each other halfway at the uh at I think a Wendy's drive-through um as we I was making my way to London and he was going to hop on with uh, SAG to play in Flint that night and that was the the day that I met you I remember showing up to the rink and seeing a couple new faces in in London at the Bud Gardens there and just said hi and must have been pretty weird for you i mean we talked about the trades last week i think but you know you're hopping in that game i know you said you knew like around seven people but you're probably looking around the ice and you don't know everyone's name yet so that must have been a little little odd it was was pretty weird because like i I would be in the like in the mix and stuff i'd be like on the ice or like in sewer and something i want to like talk to somebody but like I don't really know them that well. So like, am I going to call them like their, their nickname or like, am I just going to call them their first name? It's just like awkward. Like I remember I, I was like beside Shredsy or something in sewer. And, uh, I think I called him Matt. I'm like, Hey Matt. And it's like, <laughs> if I that ever sounds said, so weird. no, I know, man. Like if I ever said that to him now, I'd just be like, what? But yeah, no, yeah. it's just, it's a little bit awkward when you don't know the boys and like, you're kind of a bit uncomfortable and then you have to step in at the bud gardens isn't the best place to, uh, try to get your first win yeah i got a a question for you that just came to mind um so like i said that was the day i met you in london Mm -hmm. Uh, what was your first impression of me 
beauty. I figured, <laughs> I figured you're a good guy. So like you were, you were chill and everything. So I'm like, yeah, this guy, this guy uh, knows what he's doing. He's a good guy. And, uh, and then, yeah, we became boys. So, yeah, I think we were talking out front of the arena that day or not out front of the arena, but yeah, like yeah. just, just, uh, before we took warm ups, I was like out there just looking at the ice and then we started chatting. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we, we walked out of the dressing room and, uh, just, Taking a look, it's always nice to before the game when the lights are dim. Look out at the Bud Gardens; it's a pretty awesome rink, as, as everybody knows. So, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's let's get into a couple things before we send it over to Ryan Suzuki. Firstly, uh, big big last couple of days in the golf world as the Masters was was going down, and Dustin Johnson record setting twenty under, and and he's the winner. So, Cardsy, as our our resident golf expert, you want to take it away here? Yeah, no, I got you here. Uh, it was a good week, man. Um, I know I was glued to my couch for the majority of the four days and uh, just watching with some buddies when I could and my family. But uh, no, amazing golf by DJ. I kind of thought it, he had it on lock after Saturday's round. Once JT fell like five back, I think he was uh, going into the final day, five or six back. Um, but yeah, with those guys up at the top, like M um who else was there oh uh cam smith I-, I figured like they didn't have enough juice to to be able to take dj on especially number one in the world when he's dialed he's on so i mean once uh once that kind of settled jt fell off a bit i, I kind of thought and had a great idea that uh it was dj's tournament and obviously it's good to see him get his second major uh funny story i was at his first major at the u.s open in 2016 at oakmont which was pretty cool to see that one be one and then uh Obviously, no fans this year at the Masters, but uh, good for him. Super happy about that as I'm a big DJ fan myself. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge golf fan in general. I've only I only recently started getting into golf within the last two years, so I don't necessarily have uh, any favorite players. But I actually I did meet Dustin Johnson one time uh, last year. It might have been two years ago at the Rogers Cup, the tennis tournament in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um he was just like hanging out. We were watching a practice. Like it was a closed practice and we somehow ended up sitting beside each other. So I got, to say, I got to say hi. We didn't really talk much. I just said, Hey, and, and all that. But so I guess I'm a fan. Just like, I got to meet him and obviously he's so good, but um, I want to talk about Bryson DeChambeau, like a lot of, a lot of talk about him as usual, a unique golfer and obviously can pound the ball like nobody else. But I, I saw in the highlights, I, I just watched the highlights. I didn't watch the whole thing, but he was just, um so inconsistent like shot to shot hole to hole like what are your thoughts on that yeah dude um he came out a little cocky uh he told everyone the course was par 67 for him this week and obviously that proved to eat him up but uh i think what he's doing is is good i I don't know if he can uh keep coming out just publicly about everything he's doing as it kind of bit him in the ass this week and like he's getting a lot of hate online for it and whatnot but he's a pretty unique guy so i don't think he really cares but no he he can hit it far and when he's on we saw at the u.s open he gets an easy victory by like six shots but um this week no he was hitting everything left like snap hooks just stuff you wouldn't see blading chips over greens chunking chips and just didn't add up for him at all and uh losing golf balls and stuff doesn't help either so all in all just a tough week for him but I I think he's a good player what he's doing 
could potentially change the way younger kids and uh, a lot of the players are going about golf, maybe just try to get bigger and hit it further as uh, it shows you do have an advantage, but no, I, I think it'll work out in the long run. We'll see how long his body can last though. I don't know with all this working out and whatnot, putting so much stress and uh, tension on your body all the time. Yeah. So you talk about him being out there kind of with his comments and stuff, but um, obviously it's unusual for the golf world, but do you think it's a, uh maybe a good thing. I know he's getting a lot of hate and he says a lot of like pretty dumb things. I'll be honest, but um, as a non-golf fan or, or people who don't like golf and they see this, it, it's cool to see a personality in the game instead of uh, the usual responses. Do you, do you see that side of it? Yeah, for sure. It adds a little bit of excitement too. like uh, you see these press conferences and whatnot. Whereas you like, you see DJ in a press conference and he's just kind of like sitting there with uh, it, it almost looks like he has no heartbeat. The guy barely even celebrated when he won. Um, but yeah, obviously phenomenal player. And then, yeah, but yeah, no, it, it definitely brings some excitement and, uh, a little bit of tension around, uh, the clubhouse when, uh, you got a guy running around saying he's going to dominate the course. Uh, so let's get into the world juniors camp coming up for, for Canada in a, in a few days. Now, I know you wanted to talk about a couple COVID protocols and, and, and interesting things going on, how they're going to make that work. And, uh, we will talk about it a bit with Ryan Suzuki coming up, but uh, what do you what do you think about that? Yeah, dude, I think it's pretty cool how they're going to be able to run with uh, all the regular countries coming in and uh, still be able to run a smooth World Juniors in in the bubble, um, which will be a cool experience for the guys. And I know some of the World Junior players themselves actually got to experience the bubble before with their NHL teams. Um, but I think Canada has a really good team this year. Um, getting Doc back. Uh, really helps a veteran guy hasn't played in the world juniors but uh, he'll be a key presence for them and then obviously we had Q on last week and I feel like he, he'll be another key component for their uh, for road to gold and then Fats also for our first episode and then as we mentioned earlier Suzuki did get a invite to camp I feel like he has a great chance to make the team as he's a high IQ player and they could use him but it'll be an interesting year. I know they leave tomorrow. Um, for the listeners, this is being uh, we're being recorded right now on Sunday uh, Sunday night. So they leave Monday Monday tomorrow and uh, fly out, and then they'll have to uh, they have to do a test when they get there. I'm pretty sure, and then wait for everyone's test to become uh, negative before they can go to their rooms. Uh, and then it's like a bubble style, like they leave there, get their meals go to practice, come back a lot of like, it just, just full hockey for, uh, for the time being. But I guess that's what you got to do. Uh, if, if it's going to run smoothly and give them the best chance of winning. But I, I think hockey Canada does an excellent job with setting this kind of things up. So it should go pretty smoothly for them. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think it's really cool. And, uh, you know, it was good to see the path that the NHL paved to make this happen. And, I think it's going to be a lot easier on the guys being in the bubble than it was for the NHL players. You hear kind of the stories of how the days dragged on and it was harder and they're moving away from their families. But uh, I don't think anyone on the, on the team has a family. I don't think, I mean, no, yeah, <laughs> no. It, it's funny. I, I only say that because, you know, most of the time you don't think of, of junior hockey players as, you know, having families and stuff, but obviously we know in Barry, our goalie, our Arthur Seelovs had his wife come with him and he was only, 18 or 19 years old so you never know but i think it's easier for the players to bubble up when they're not leaving um loved ones or children necessarily so um definitely definitely uh exciting and like you said i think canada has a fantastic team and a great chance to win yeah i think this year especially with um 
everything that's going on in the world and a lot of players being able to play that might not play before for all different countries. So it could be, it could be one of the most high end world juniors we've seen in a while and it'll give, uh, I know Canadians love it. So it'll, it'll give Canada's uh, fans a lot to look forward to uh, coming up here this Christmas. And then, but yeah, no, I, th- I think they have a great team and uh, yeah, should have a good chance at gold again. Yeah. And just to build off what you said, the, the eyes on this tournament are going to be, it's the only hockey going on in the world, really. Like in, in North America, I mean, there's, there's yeah. European leagues, but North Americans don't generally watch those. So at least in North America, there's going to be a lot more eyes on it with no NHL and everyone's going to be excited to watch it. And, you know, people are going to be getting together cheering on the country. So I think it's going to be a really exciting tournament for the players. And obviously, like you said, with all the talent, NHL talent that would normally be available, it's going to be just a thrill to watch. Uh, so We'll send it over to Ryan Suzuki, but uh, before we do, I just want to mention that we have our Bachelorette segment coming up after the interview, as usual. You know, big, uh, big reviews on the last one saying that it went well and uh, everyone's excited. So what we're going to do this time is uh, we're going to be recording right after the Tuesday night show. So we have, you know, the live, live feedback basically right after it happens. And we'll, uh, you, you listeners listening on Wednesday are going to be able to, hopefully if you watched it on the night it aired, be able to relate and understand, but just a spoiler warning. If you don't watch it on the Tuesday, you might want to wait before watching the end. And uh, yeah, with that being said, we'll, we'll send it over to Ryan Suzuki. All right. We're pleased to be joined now by Ryan Suzuki, Nick Suzuki's younger brother. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Zook, what's going on? I, I know you're, uh, you're in the hotel now about to fly over the world Jays. Yeah. Yeah. We're uh, we just came to Toronto and we got an early flight tomorrow. So I uh, just thought it was a better idea to come down and just stay the night before we fly out. Are you going to introduce your, your roommate to our listeners? Yeah, so I'm currently uh, stuck with Mason Noman, uh, fourth rounder of the Phil- Come here. Fourth rounder of the Flyers. Pretty big deal, this guy. Ugliest guy in the world. Yeah, one of them, for sure. Cards is my me. Shut up, Millie. What's going on, though, Millie? This could be, we'll get Millie on the pod at some point here and uh, down the road when he's back from World Jays. But uh, yeah. So let's talk a bit about the World Jays before we get into anything. Obviously, uh, super exciting time for both of you guys. Um, yeah. What are like we were just saying before? You know, we, everyone thinks you have a very good chance to make the team. Um, what are your thoughts on the whole process coming up over the next month? Um, obviously, you know it's not an easy team to make. Um, obviously, this year we know we got a bunch of NHL teams loaning their players down, like Docker and. Cuzzy and those guys, even Byfield, you know, he could he could make the jump. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's going to be a tough team to make for sure. And, um, you know, always Canada always has such a deep team. So, you know, when when you get the chance to try out for them, you got to show your best and uh, you can't take a day off. So I think I'm just looking forward to uh, just kind of getting back into the competitive games and uh, starting back up. Yeah, for sure. And I know last year, I think you had a chance at, at getting invited and obviously you had uh, an injury. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit but you know you've been looked at from hockey canada for years now you've competed at every every age every level um in in the hockey canada program so yeah we're we're both excited for you i know all our listeners are excited for you so it's Mm -hmm. uh it's it's pretty cool so did you did you watch the masters at all this week yeah um i was uh rooting for uh dj there and he uh squeezed out a win there but uh yeah i watched a little bit of it so i think you have any money on him he could have been in that 
Yeah, realistically, probably, but let them uh, let them have an easy win without yeah, yeah. me there. But who, you have money on it, Zooks, or what? I just had forty bucks on uh, DJ winning the first round. Oh. And he, he uh, split one. I think he was he was just there was he was tied with three other two other guys. Yeah. So would the payout get cut in three or whatever? Yeah, it was one third. Yeah. Not bad. I want to talk about uh, just a really cool. You're a London guy, and I know that. Uh, B clutch the the clothing line is from London just yeah. a, a really yeah, sick yeah they're they're yeah. so nasty and I, I used to buy a bunch of their stuff and I, I actually just ordered a bunch the other day but I follow them on Instagram like they're yeah. they have some unreal stuff I kind of noticed them you know they were kind of reaching out to me and Nick when they were just kind of starting out and um you know me and Nick were both like yeah it's a unreal brand you know we were kind of looking at them the hats are all they just started out with hats and um, I remember we were at, they were going to hook us up with some hats and they were at the Masonville mall in London in the Lululemon. And we, uh, went and checked out their stuff and they just sent us a couple hats. And ever since then, you know, I've been buying a couple things here and there and, uh, it's just unbelievable, you know, and just kind of, I got to see how they started. It was uh, pretty cool. Yeah. They, uh, it's funny you say Lululemon cause they're kind of like a comparable, I think they're a little, a little cheaper than Lulu, but they have that same like athletic uh, material. Yeah. That's really, really For nice. Sure. So um yeah for for any listeners who want to check out b clutch uh go go check out their instagram or their website uh and make sure you use the code the promo code showbound at checkout and you'll get 16 percent off so promo code showbound for 16 percent off i'm I'm telling you b clutch is where it's at it's the it's it the is. coolest thing That's what um, it is. so so zook i have a question for you and i might have heard you say this one before but uh why do you wear number 61 He's number six, Rask. Wake up. Well, he's six. He's always been six. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. No, um, so, my first year, you know, I had a choice between six or 61. And uh, I just kind of wanted a new number for kind of a new team, new start. And um, I think uh, so I, when I was in, um, I think I was like 12, maybe. Um, John Tavares, right after the World Juniors, got traded to uh, London. And uh, oh, he yeah, fifty one in London. So whenever I'd go watch their games, like he was always a player that I'd keep my eye out for. And um, I just remember it was, I think it was House of Pink night there, and he scored the OT winner. And I was just like, wow, like this guy is. I want to be someone like this guy. So uh, that's why I chose number sixty one. Uh, yeah, I just cards is ripping people, me. Everyone says uh, it's Rick Nash. Like everyone thinks sixty one, they just automatically think Rick Nash. But yeah, so. Well, I'm sorry, there, there was a good answer there, Cardsy. So, so shut up, man. Or, or we take in the fact that uh, Hadzi just ran Zook's show and just took six and Barry and said, "Find a new number, bud." <laughs> yeah. Both All first right. overall picks, my dad. So yeah, first overall pick in the OHL, and I asked this to Quinn and Byfield last episode, but you know, as the first overall pick, you get that that day where you get to go up before the draft, you know, meet the media, meet the, the coaches and, and be publicly announced. And what was that day like for you and that experience with, with all that attention on you? Probably your, your feeling of the most famous moment of your life at that point. Yeah. Um, I just remember it was pretty crazy. Like it happened so fast. Like uh, I remember I was just practicing with the junior B team in London, the London Nationals. And you were winning with the junior B team in London. I just want to add. We won the uh, Bailey. I don't know what the trophy is, but it's just for. <laughs> I know it's bad, but I only played like 
six games with them in the playoffs. And then after I got drafted, I just kind of stopped playing with them so I could focus on, you know, playing with Barry. And um, yeah, so I just remember I was practicing with them and it was on, it was like two days before the draft and my agent called me and he just said, uh, how do you feel about Barry? And I was just thinking in my head and I'm like, they have the first pick. And I was like, yeah, obviously I'd go there for, for sure. <laughs> and then uh, like after that, it was just a whirlwind. Like I was going, I was up in Toronto and then I was up in Barrie. It was, uh, it was pretty crazy. You know, I saw my name on Twitter. My dad was showing me it. I didn't even have Twitter at that point, but like Bob McKenzie was tweeting about me and it was, uh, it was pretty crazy to see my name out there. So. Yeah. yeah that, that must've just been an incredible day. And um, yeah. obviously you, you were, on a successful team in Barry that first year and you uh, had 44 points in 64 games that season. So just how did you, how do you find the transition in your first few games in the OHL, like through the preseason and, and then the adjustment for the first like couple weeks? Yeah, I just um, preseason, you know, I, it was a little bit easier, obviously, you know, they don't, a lot of teams keep their younger guys in try and get them some, get used to the pace. So preseason wasn't too, too bad, but, uh, once once we got into my first game, you know, my first couple of shifts, I was all over the place. Um, I just remember I was just trying to skate as fast as I can and try and keep up and uh, moving the puck a little too quick and just trying to get it out of my hands. And then um, I think the second period, our team kind of blew up and uh, we, uh, I think we put up six or seven goals in that period. So everything just kept going and everything was going the right way. And I had a couple points that game. So it was uh, good to start off my career like that. Yeah. It's not a bad way to ease into your career for sure. But you just said about like fumbling pucks and like trying to make plays like fast and stuff. I can remember like my first few practices. It's like, it's so hard to like keep up yeah. to the pace. It's just a gong you show. Don't wanna, there, you don't want to mess up because yeah, uh, you're scared. You're not familiar with all the boys yet. And it's uh tough, you know, going to a new team and stuff like that. So um, yeah, you just want to do your best mm-hmm. and make everyone happy. So you just kind of give them a puck, even though you should uh, just keep it. Yeah, definitely for sure. Pass first guy when you're when you're new to the team. Yeah. And I got a I got a funny story that actually Millie was there for. So we're in we're in SAG in my 16 year, and we're doing like this drill where like everybody has to come in and you shoot it from the hash marks and you just have to hit the mesh. Like you just have to get it off the ice and get it in the net, <laughs> and it can't like. It's just got to go in. So like everyone does it. And then if, if everybody gets the shot, like you don't have to skate or whatever. So this is like my, my third practice or something walk in, just right, just rip one right over the net. So then I'm 16 years old, fresh to the team. And now I'm making all the boys bag skate. I just felt so bad, man. Just sewering everyone. Oh man. That's brutal. Obviously it's hard. Anytime you make the jump to another level, but at what point do you start feeling comfortable where you're like, you know, I can skate with the puck. I, I'm not gonna, you know, I have a, a little more time and I can make plays. Like when does that, when do you notice that? Um, I don't know. I think you just need to, you know, get a couple, obviously like, you know, rookies, you know, they just want to score their first goal so bad. And, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to score in the first game. And um, I think after that, you know, you kind of get that confidence in your game and um, you realize like I can, I can compete with these guys and I can play with these guys. So um, I think, right when you get that first bounce, you know, something's going your way, you start getting more confidence in your own game. And, you know, some guys have that right away, right when they come in the league and you can tell right away. And, um, but some guys, you know, it takes them a couple games to uh, get into it. So um, I think, yeah, you know, once you get a good bounce and 
you know, you get that opportunity to play and, um, you know, things just take off from there. So like I said before, that Barry team you were on in, in your first year was stacked and full of great players. Uh, and you guys went on a pretty deep playoff run. Can you, can you just talk about kind of the things you learned going on a deep run in your first season and the change in environment from the regular season to the playoffs? Yeah, obviously, you know, regular season kind of goes out the window when you uh, step into your first playoff game. So um, I think it uh, doesn't matter how many points you had or uh, how many wins your team had. It just doesn't matter. So you just got to win four games and um, it's a completely different style of game. You know, everyone's harder on the bodies, especially. Uh, and I remember Mississauga, they were giving Spatch a hard time. and They were really making it hard for him to uh, – do his thing out there so you know those guys kind of get targeted a lot more and um you know anytime you can get a piece of a guy it's you're always trying to put them through the boards and um it's just a different completely different style of play from the regular season so heading into your your second year your draft year uh, i want to know did you do anything different in the off season uh training wise to prepare you for that um i've been with my trainer for like six years so um you know, we've been kind of obviously working on the same stuff. You know, he uh, works on being an athlete first and uh, he does a lot of hockey specific training. So, um, you know, just been doing that. And, um, you know, I didn't do too much. I think I just took it a little more serious than I have in the past when I was younger. So, um, you know, because obviously, you know, that big year, um, you got to be prepared to uh, show what you got and uh, make that show them that you can uh, play at the next level. So, um, you know, you got to get bigger than when you're a little, a little rookie in the league. So um, obviously I knew I was going to have a bigger role the second year. So, uh, you know, I was just trying to get prepared for that. Yeah. So your, your older brother, Nick had gone through the draft being a first round pick as well by, uh, by the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, how often were you talking to him throughout that, that draft year? And, and did you get any advice and did he tell you about, you know, like tuning into the rankings, whether you should read into it or not? Like, like, did you uh, look to him a lot that season? Yeah, I was texting him almost like after uh, almost every game. So, um, you know, he'd try and watch, watch my games as much as he could. Um, and then obviously I'd just text him after the game and try and go over some stuff with him. And then, uh, you know, he just said, don't look into uh, the draft too much. Cause uh, obviously it's just some, some scout in their uh, opinion on you. So uh, you can't kind of look into it too much and you just got to focus on playing hockey first and not worry about what everyone else is saying. So, um, you know, he just said player game and, you know, obviously the scouts will see what, uh, what you're made of. Yeah. And, and that season you had a phenomenal year with 75 points and you were on a weaker Barry team. So, um, you know, to, to put up that many points and, and obviously you had a bigger role, it was, it was a great season for you. And yeah. into the NHL draft, you, you obviously went first round to the Carolina hurricanes. Um, and before we get into that, did you have any, like, I, I keep asking this question cause I, I want someone to give me a good answer, but did you have any, interesting draft interview questions from GMs or teams. Like did anything funny, any cool stories come out of that? Um, most of them are pretty, pretty standard. You know, they just kind of, it's always the same questions. Like you answer, like I remember at the combine, probably like you'd go into seven meetings a day and you'd just be answering the exact same questions. And it was, uh, so you'd get to know yourself a lot better, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I didn't really have too many crazy questions. I just remember the Montreal guy, he was, they had some uh, mental performance guy and he was like asking all these kind of weird like questions and you'd have to figure out, I don't know, it was like something about like 
if there was a snake, if there, there might be a snake outside the door, who would go open the door? And it was the only exit or something like that. And that's weird. Like, he was asking like, is it me? Cause I'm the oldest. Is it you? Because um, you're the youngest or is it like, I don't know. It was, it was, huh. it was messing with my head a little bit, but I wonder <laughs> what, what they look for. Like, I wonder if they have an expected answer. They have like different, what based on what you answer, it like means like different personality traits. Okay. So there's no right or wrong. No, there's not. No. Okay. <laughs> I, I couldn't do these questions. I think I just, I'd find a way to get it wrong no matter what. Um, so, so yeah, obviously with the draft, you went, uh, I think it was 28th overall. I, I should have this written down, yeah. but um, yeah. everyone knows you're obviously a fantastic player. Did you find that uh, you went a little later than you thought or, or like, how did it feel as, as picks were going by and you weren't picked yet? Obviously that first round takes a long time. Like how did yeah. that feel? Um, it didn't feel great, you know, waiting, waiting till the last minute, but. Um, obviously, you know, Carolina, they believed in me and, um, it was an, it's an unbelievable spot to go. And, you know, I'm, I was super excited when I got picked. I think, uh, it was more so just relief, you know, cause you're so anxious, just sitting there, just waiting to get picked. And, um, I just remember just like, I don't know, I like the draft is crazy. It's, uh, it's some, it's nothing like anything I've been a part of. So. Um, like the OHL is a little different, you know, you kind of have a feeling of where you're going to go and, you know, you talk to teams and they'll kind of tell you that they're going to pick you. So um, when I went to uh, the NHL draft, it was, I just remember there was guys like that weren't even on the rankings of like the first round that were going and it was, uh, it was pretty stressful, but, you know, I ended up going to a great place and, you know, I was super happy about that. Did it slip in your head? Like, crap maybe am i gonna slip to the second round did that go through your head yeah obviously you know i was it was getting close to the second round and you know i had all my parent my family there and friends and stuff so you know i i felt like i was gonna let them down but um you know obviously they're all there to support me whether i went first round second round third round doesn't matter so um i think uh it was just a great day to uh be a part of that and um obviously go to carolina yeah, and so in Carolina, you had a great chance to in in the camps and throughout the preseason to make the team, and, and you got to play a preseason game in Tampa. Uh, what was that experience like? You know, getting on the like literally, what was the whole experience from getting on the plane, flying down, stepping on the ice? Like, take us through that whole game. Yeah, it was. Uh, that's the National League right there. It was. Uh, <laughs> we uh, drove our, we drove right up to the tarmac and hopped on a private jet. Not a big dude. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty crazy. I was I was starstruck, but everyone else seemed to just be used to it. So we had a couple of the guys that were on the team from last year. So um, I just remember going on the plane, and they had a bunch of fans on the plane too. So they were all kind of giving you high fives while you walked on, and then um, we got off off the plane, and they had uh, actually on the plane they had peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So. Uh, I, th- I thought that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> Whatever you want. Nice cheese platter too. <laughs> and uh, so I was just eating snacks the whole plane ride. And uh, we got to uh, Tampa and got on a bus, went right to the rink. And, you know, I've never been to a lot of this NHL rinks. So it was uh, pretty cool to step in that rink. And I've only seen it on Chell 20. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. And then uh, this is a pretty crazy story. I was uh, – I was pretty nervous, you know, I was going on for warmups and I look up at the board and 
you know, their first line, Steven Stamkos. And uh, I was just, <laughs> I was, I was blown away. And then obviously the first guy I see when I step on the ice, I look over and it's just stammer, just cruising the red line, no Bucky at warm ups. So. <laughs> uh, that was a pretty crazy moment. Yeah, that's that's when you know you made it. I like you you look across and see him. That's gotta be an, an amazing feeling and just crazy. So uh how'd you do in that game, by the way? Well, I broke my stick in warm-ups and I only had one of them, so I had to use someone else's stick the rest of the oh, game. No. Wait, why why is there only one stick? We just talked about how luxurious this show yeah, is. The why they only bring you one twig? <laughs> so I got uh I was using old bowers and I got new ones. So they only yeah. sent me like the demos. Oh. So I only had one. And then a guy was using a similar stick to me. So I, I picked that one up. So it wasn't. Cardi, can you imagine going to your first NHL preseason game and bringing one stick? And I didn't bring one stick. I had more sticks, but I wanted to use like a similar stick. So they were like, we got these ones here. So they gave okay. Me. Okay. Fine. Fair <laughs> enough. It was, up. it's like it was my choice i had more sticks just, it's yeah. like novice hasn't uh retaped it in like three games just your once all cracked yeah just battling you have like this it. much of your blade left <laughs> use it for road hockey too. Yeah. everything so this past season you uh we talked about before we inter- interviewed uh, or before you hopped on here that you and cards you got traded for each other so how was that experience like getting traded um it was it was pretty crazy, you know. I was I was sleeping, and then I got a call from uh, from uh, our owner Howie Campbell. So he just kind of told me kind of what happened, and um, obviously they were going for a younger team, and you know, kind of rebuilding for the future. You know, they got a lot of good young guys like Cardsy. So um, yeah, so I was just they were kind of sending me to a place, you know, where I could go for a deep playoff run. And, you know, Saginaw was obviously a stack team last year, so. Um, they just kind of gave me that opportunity and, um, they were just kind of going for a different direction. And I just remember, you know, it was kind of tough leaving the billets. Um, that was the billets and, you know, your teammates and all the people, you know, I grew up with, uh, so it was, uh, it was a pretty sad day, but it was uh, also exciting to, uh, head down to Saginaw and, you know, reunite with Millie. So it was, uh, there's always a uh, good with uh new new adventures yeah it's definitely i obviously went through the same thing on the same day it's kind of like like it's it's weird like you say say bye to the billets and stuff especially like i was really close with my billets there in saginaw yeah i i heard you were the same and like leaving your boys and it's just weird you go into the rink like pack up your equipment it's just like saying bye to the boys like some of them like you may never see again like it's crazy to think but like uh yeah, it's it's a, it was a wild day, but you ended up playing in Flint that night. You guys, you guys win that game or lose? Yeah, we won. Um, what was it, Millie? Oh, he's playing COD. <laughs> oh, he's got his headset on. He can't hear me. Um, yeah, we were. Uh, yeah, so I left at like not totally sure. I I got to Flint with like thirty like thirty minutes before the game. All the boys were done warm up. And I was just walking in in street clothes with my bag, with my berry bag. Actually, I looked like an idiot. Yeah, bro, that was <laughs> me too. With my berry bag, and you know, I was getting dressed, and all the boys were fully, fully dressed. You know, ready to go out for warm ups and <laughs> new team. You know, and it was, it was a little awkward at first, but you know, once once you kind of start playing, and you know, you're talking to the boys on the bench. You know, you, you kind of 
get a little bit closer. So it was, uh, it was easy. Obviously all the boys in side cards, you know, was, you know, all the boys are great there and um, yeah. they, they uh, got me in and made me one of their own pretty quickly. I remember that night, man, like I'm playing at the bud cause you would have had, yeah, you would have had your hometown game that night. Yeah, and... All my, like all my family and friends had tickets to that game too. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was uh, pretty crazy. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sitting on the bench at the bud and like, it, like it's whatever like I'm a bit like full of emotions and stuff from the day and stuff yeah. and then I look up at the on their strip there along along the uh, concourse and it like it gives you the scores of the games and I see like end of the first like I think like maybe like Saginaw 2-1 and I think in my head I'm like yes like, like way to go and I'm like what am yeah. I doing like why am I cheering for these we're guys winning. Like, <laughs> yeah I'm like I'm like we're winning I'm like no no we're not like you don't play for them anymore let's yeah, figure it out let's so go weird, so weird yeah, yeah that, that's quite the adjustment but uh obviously you fit in well and i talked about it at the beginning but you you suffered a tough injury uh to your eye last season and i want to know how are you doing now like it was a battle for you all year yeah um it was uh it was pretty tough you know it happened in saginaw too so a lot of connections with saginaw here yeah um yeah i just remember you know, my eye went pitch black and I couldn't see for a couple of days. It was uh, pretty swollen and stuff. So I just remember, you know, for the couple months, you know, I was thinking in my bed, you know, late at night, you know, I was, I was so worried about everything and, you know, whether I was going to see again, you know, how it would affect my hockey career and all that stuff. So it was, uh, it was definitely a tough injury to have, you know, you can see your arm healing, you can feel it getting better. And it was tough to, uh, sustain an injury like that obviously I, I had no idea what was going on the doctors were using these crazy words trying to describe it to me and I was just kind of sitting there just trying to listen for words I'd understand and um, I just remember thinking it was it was gonna be a lot worse than it ended up being but um, you know I had a lot of support and help and I had great we have great eye doctors in London so they got me to uh, they got me to where I needed to be pretty quickly so you're all good now um not not 100 percent. i have uh, a blind spot dead center but other than that everything's uh pretty good okay do you get to take the fishbowl off this season yeah nobody does though <laughs> we're all gonna have yeah, them we on might have, yeah. we might all have fishbowls this year but um yeah i've been training with a visor so um it takes a year to uh fully heal but um obviously you know there's permanent damage there so but uh everything yeah. else is uh pretty good so when you got traded to Saginaw, your point production started to pick up. And I want to know, was it like a fresh start or was it you playing with obviously great line mates? What, what changed? Um, I think just kind of having that new change of scenery and obviously, you know, having such a great team, you know, we could put out our second line, third line, fourth line, and, you know, they'd all produce. And, um, you know, Barry had a younger team. I mean, they're all skilled players and stuff like that, but. Um, you know, I think there's just more experience in Saginaw and, you know, you could just kind of tell that, you know, we were an older team and, um, you know, obviously playing with a guy like Perfetti, it's, uh, it's night and day, you just go to the net and put your stick down. So uh, I wasn't, wasn't made my job a lot easier. With the Carolina Hurricanes, obviously, um, have they been speaking to you about their plans with you this season, whether you can make the team or, or like, have you guys had that conversation where they're out with you? Um, you know, you just kind of, they don't kind of obviously give you, you know, tell you if you're going to play or uh, what they're going to do with you. They just want you to come to camp. And, you know, obviously every time you go to camp, you 
kind of have that expectation yourself, you know, just try your best to make the team and, you know, kind of prove that you belong there. And, um, you know, they always say, they say it to everyone, right? It's how camp, you know, if, if you want to, if you earn a spot here and you know, you, you work hard and you earn that spot, you know, they're, they're going to make, they're going to make room for you. So um, whether you're first round pick, second round, seventh round, undrafted, you know, if you got to earn your spot. So, um, you know, obviously with Brindamore, you know, he, uh, he works his guys hard and he gets the most out of everybody. So um, there's no, there's no passengers on his team for sure. So, um, you know, everyone's, everyone's got to take charge of their own uh, effort out there and, you know, compete for a spot every year. We're, we're joined now by Mason Melman, who's back after uh, losing in the 10th round of zombies in, in Call of Duty Cold War. Not done yet. I not done. Okay. Just pause it for us or something. Yeah. Okay. So I got a couple questions. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Mason Millman, Ryan Suzuki, both on the Saginaw Spirit. And Cardi, you can hop in here, obviously, with being a former Spirit. You know all the guys. But all right. between, between Barry and Saginaw last season, I'm going to give you guys a couple questions. Um, between those two teams, who's the best and the worst chirper? Danny Caddick, I'd say, is the best because he yeah. just says the dumbest stuff and he's just obnoxious. Or he'll bark or just yeah, start screaming just, at people. Random stuff. So I, I, I like it. It's funny for me to uh, watch. I'm sure the other team just gets so annoyed at him. He's just, he's all over everyone's case every game and it's hilarious. Who's Nelly. the worst? I got to say, worst stripper has to be Cole Perfetti. His go-to is you suck and then skates away. So <laughs> that's not very original chirps at all. And he's just always mad on yeah. the ice. Grumpiest guy alive, man. Oh, yeah. He's grumpy. Just, he, could have, he could have seven points. He's just points not he's good just enough. Yeah. Like this. Just, just look pissed. <laughs> he's like so, nine or ten at least. Yeah. <laughs> who's, who's the best and worst dresser between the two teams? Dewhart. Boom. Newhart is the worst. Is the worst dresser, man. This you could just give him a year's worth of gitch. That's all he'll wear. Only gitch. <laughs> Always gitch to the rear. Gitch king. Yeah, he is gitch king. Um Brownie has good style. I like yeah, Brownie does have yeah, good Aiden style. Brown. Bad hair. Yeah, he does have the bad hair though. Yeah. I mean, if he had better hair, be a 10. He could be <laughs> Never tell him that though. No, they'll go straight to his head. But I know Millie has some questionable style. He has oh, some yeah. has some special outfits. My flops are just disgusting. How about um does anyone have any weird game day superstitions? Uh not that I can really think of. No, nothing really. I figured we get something. Man, I'll yeah, I don't know. For me, I for remember me my first year, Leo Lazarev, if you know who that is. He would yeah, do yeah. some crazy stuff. I couldn't even tell you what he was doing. Oh, yeah. He was, he was moving around and just doing weird stuff during the national anthem, and it was crazy. Goalie-wise, uh, Provorov, our, our first year, uh, he'd go out with a tennis racket and a tennis ball and a bare hand and would just whack a tennis ball off the wall and catch it in his bare hand. Was yeah, like his reactions were absurd. Yeah, kind of weird, but clearly it works for him. He's a loose cannon, too, a bit. Um, who, who has the worst signature on those two teams? I, I have my pick. Actually, I, I got to say Arthur Silovs. I've said his name before this, this show. He has the worst signature I've ever seen. Just write his name, eh? Yeah. Just Silovs. And then he puts like a line through it with no number either. <laughs> <laughs> no number. Just already. Already. Yeah. I don't even know. Like, I don't pay attention. Me though. either. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I guess that, that's something I'd notice more than you guys. Um, yeah. yeah. You're looking at that stuff. Yeah, I'm collecting them too. 
Um, <laughs> who's who's the most likely to become a coach after you're done playing? Damian Drew. Don Rooster. Yeah, I was just about to say. <laughs> That's Damian Drew, the Saginaw Spirit captain. Like, he he's on the boys. He's the most positive guy in the world, too. Oh, yeah. He'd be a good coach. And uh, last one, who's, who's the biggest drill buster in practice? Jake Goldowski. A <laughs> little name drop for Gato. Yeah, Gato. Gato Gato gets his head in a swirl sometimes and forgets drills. He can't take in that, in, uh, that much information at one time. So. Oh, uh, it, no. It's tough for him. Oh, Cardsy, go on. All right, so uh, Cardsy, you want to go over the fan questions here for Zook? I mean, Millie, you can stay if you want, but um, you fan questions. Yeah, yeah a we got of... we got a few mail in ballots from the fans. Oh, nice. No, no fans for me, eh, Cards? No, when you come on, we'll get you a few good fan questions. But uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, Emily. Eh, yeah. Here we go, fan questions from our Insta. Um, right. To the fans, just keep sending them in every week with uh, whatever guests we have. Really appreciate it and uh, makes it a lot of fun. So, uh, starting out, growing up, who is your favorite player? Um, probably Sidney Crosby pretty mainstream mm-hmm. answer but yeah um i just remember you know watching him start out as a rookie and just continue to dominate every game and one of my favorite goals is that shootout against montreal when he just went back and shelf and just absolutely oh, yeah. the bottle so unbelievable yeah all righty what's your pregame meal if you got one probably like barbecue chicken and rice um okay. some uh maybe some peas or um some broccoli Next, if you could be any animal in the world, what would you be? This is a weird one. <laughs> I don't know. Probably like a shark. You know, nobody nobody really messes with those guys too That's much. That's a great but, answer. Yeah, that is um, pretty good, actually. Cardsy, what's your answer to that? And I think it'd be cool just to float around the ocean. Yeah. See I'd, what's going on down there. I'd probably be like a, like a cheetah. You're so fast, man. Just buzz. <laughs> Just yeah. hammer quick, man. In the water, yeah, sharks can fly, and they can muck anything in the ocean too. That's you would be sick. All right, next one is uh, what's something interesting that uh, not many people know about you? I don't know. I guess I've been practicing the guitar the last couple of years. So, can you uh, sing? I, no, I do not <laughs> sing. You can fire up your own boy band in London. Get yeah, Billy. Uh, get Billy in there. I was. I was. Uh, I remember I was on my billets and. T-Bone was T-Bone's a pretty good singer and he was uh I was jamming on the guitar and he was just singing it was hilarious but that's that's pretty good T-Bone's an artsy yeah. guy he likes the TikTok dances oh, yeah. and he can he's, sing yeah he, he's, a, he's a TikTok boy for sure you 100% gotta, uh, you gotta find a way to get him famous on there so yeah, yeah. for everyone uh, that's T-Bone call to the Saginaw Spirit go blow up his uh TikTok right now <laughs> no free ads though T-Bone no free ads um would you like to take a hundred thousand dollars or take a 50 50 chance at a million dollars um you might not get the million. 50 50 i mean a million's life-changing i mean uh you could you could make a hundred thousand dollars just doing you know jobs and stuff yeah. like that so I fair think, enough uh, i'd rather so- i don't think i could sleep at night knowing i could have a million dollars so this uh, is also coming from a guy who who does have some money in the bank account being a uh, signed NHL prospect too. But no, that's, that's all we got for, uh, for fan questions. So I, I think, 
uh, from my end, I'm all good for questions. If uh, Rask doesn't have anything, then I think, you know, I got one more since we mentioned it. Um, Okay. You know, Ryan Suzuki, big baller, a lot of money. What, uh, what, what have you spent your money on since signing your contract? I think the biggest thing was obviously my car. Um, I, uh, my dad actually got it for me and, you know, our deal was, you know, once I had enough money to uh, pay him back, I'd give it to him. So a Subi. Yeah. I got a Subaru. So I drive a Subaru. Why don't you? So, um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, once I got that, um, I think, uh, you know, I felt pretty good about paying that off and getting my dad back the money. So yeah, that's once pretty I found, good. You know, that was the first thing I did. You didn't get Gucci flip-flops or anything. Yeah. A hundred percent. You did. I drove, I drove my brother's car back. He was, he was getting a new car from Audi and um, I drove his Jeep back from Montreal to London and he bought me some Gucci shoes. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, That's I was saving dirty. my money. Just drive, pay what a couple hundred in gas and get some nice shoes. Yeah. I need to find a brother like that, man. He knows how to persuade me. So yeah, find a brother in the show. Is not a bad idea or ask? Yeah. yeah um yeah i mean that, that that's all from me man uh zuku was awesome having you on dude it was good catching up with you too it's been a while but yeah i haven't seen you in a while so yeah so i mean obviously from me and cards good luck this this camp and we'll be watching closely and hopefully you make the team and i'll be pretty fired up if you do so yeah thanks boys um, good luck man and thanks for doing this yeah yeah, dude. yeah it was great having ryan suzuki on uh great to see him again and you know obviously i wish him a ton of success in in the upcoming month and a bit with the world juniors going on yeah, obviously a great guest for us to have on the pod here, um, following up our uh, other first round picks as well. And it was kind of cool to get some insight on what it's like uh, in the NHL as he's uh, now played in an exhibition game, as uh, he told us about earlier. And uh, no, it, it's pretty cool to hear about uh, his career so far and uh, how he's gotten to where he is. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I just can't even imagine stepping off a plane and, you know, you hop on the ice and you look across with Stamkos stretching with no bucket on. Like that's, that's gotta be intimidating, man, but what a cool feeling for him. And um, we'll, we'll get into the bachelorette now. So we're recording this on Tuesday night. Now Cardi and I just finished watching the latest episode of the bachelorette and it was the most drama filled episode of the season so far. Would you agree? Yeah, quite a bit of drama going on. A lot of uh, tension in the house. Uh, we saw Ed and Chase and battling a lot. Uh, a lot of nonsense going on, to say the least. Ed and Chase were kind of teased to go end up in the ring together all episode. Even last episode, they were teasing it. And uh, everyone's kind of looking forward to that fight, I thought. And, you know, last second, Ed backs out of the fight, says he has um, his shoulders could could get injured, something like that. And I don't know if I necessarily buy it. He should have said something at the beginning of the night if that was true. I think he waited till he found out he was matched up against Chasen before doing that. Like, what's your take on that situation with the fight? Yeah, I fully agree with that. I mean, I think he backed out because he was scared he was going to get it taken to him by uh, Chasen. But I have no opinion. I don't really have any time for either of them. But uh, another point in the show that I think we can talk about for a few seconds here is Noah hopping the fence and then... Uh, shaving his mustache too so i think he could be a new front runner here okay so i i thought the whole time noah kind of knew his mustache looked bad and then i think he loved it man like that that looked terrible and you you can't go on a show like that looking to impress a girl and have that on your face and i'll say this though from a publicity perspective it's got people talking about him i don't know if that was his intention but um he looks a lot better without it definitely and uh 
yeah, I mean, bold move, hopping the fence and fighting Chasen. It was a good, like, incredible fight from what they showed. And, uh, I mean, I kind of respect him. You're in a situation like that. You got to do what it takes to win. So I think he, he has that fight in him. Yeah, he definitely showed her. And uh, I think it'll help him in the long run. But, uh, yeah, I think that was decent episode. I was pretty happy with it. Kept me on the edge of my seat with the teasers before commercials and whatnot. So I was overall pretty happy. And we'll get back to it next week, right? Well, yeah, before we uh, end up this segment, I just want to know, who do you think the front runner is right now uh, in terms of winning Tasha's heart? Oh, that's a good question. Honestly, you know, Ivan? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like he, he could be a sneaky pick, a sleeper pick. Yeah, he didn't get as much camera attention, and, and sometimes that's a good thing. So um, if I had Who to pick you? mine right now, I'd, I'd say Ben. Yeah. That guy, he's a charmer, man, and he's clearly there for the right reasons, and I think Tasha sees that. So, um, yeah, that that's my pick. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, just before we close, Rask, I just want to add uh, for the fans, we do have – uh, an interesting story that I found out about Rask uh, today, and I didn't know it before this episode was recorded. So um, I guess it's something to throw in for next week and a little bit about Rask's career and uh, kind of where he's been and uh, what's going on in his career now is it really surprised me. And uh, hopefully you guys get a little uh, surprise and maybe a little chuckle out of it too. Yeah, that's a good teaser. We'll leave it at that. All right. And that just about does it. We'll wrap it up now. But before we do, I just want to remind everybody to make sure you check out B Clutch. I know most of our listeners are from Ontario and they're a London, Ontario based company. Just a fantastic clothing brand that I've been a fan of for years. I really love their stuff. So I I definitely recommend it and make sure you use the promo code showbound for 16% off. Uh, Go check out their latest uh, farm collection. I I just got a sweater and joggers from that collection. It's phenomenal stuff. So uh, check them out. Yeah, it's definitely an elite, uh, elite company and uh, it gives a chance for our uh, viewers to uh, support the local brands. And uh, why not take your free 16% off using our promo code showbound. But uh, with that being said, uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up for us today. And I uh, just want to thank the listeners for tuning in for another great episode. And we're looking forward to talking to you guys next week. 